Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. It's good to see everybody. How are y'all doing today? Are y'all ready for Christmas? Y'all, I've been waiting for like weeks to say this. Merry Christmas. Are y'all feeling like Christmassy yet? Let me say it again. Let's say it again. Merry Christmas. All right. I want to see some smiles. Get excited. Some of y'all are stressed because you got to go to the mall tomorrow, right? Or you got to go to Walmart. How many of y'all been to Walmart recently during this time? Like, we need prayer when we walk in that place, right? Like, I can imagine that, that like, when you, hell is going to be like Walmart. <laughs> I'm not planning on going to hell, but just go in there and go, Jesus, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Because I don't want to go to Walmart. You know, we are super excited about the Christmas season around here at Creekwood. And, uh, man, it just starts to ramp up. And um, we love everything about this season. And and we're starting a brand-new series today, uh, Christmas at Creekwood. And we have one simple goal in this series, and that is basically to help all of us get connected and prepare our hearts to what Christmas is really all about. And, you know, it is, it's hard sometimes, I think, that it, that, uh, it sneaks up on us and we, we don't realize that it's here and, and all of a sudden we're on a rat race to try to run to the Walgreens or CBS or the gas station to grab a gift real quick and um, try to make Christmas. All the men know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, man, I got to run a truck stop real quick. Um, but, you know... I believe in the power of us centering ourselves and, and calming ourselves down and really understanding that. And if we're not careful, we will get wrapped up in the busyness and the, uh, just how commercialized Christmas has become. And, man, it just becomes a blur. And so in this series and during this time, and I pray that you just feel this calming sense in your spirit and that you're able to just con- reconnect no matter where you're at in life, no matter what's going on during this Christmas season, that you're able to reconnect in a special way with the presence of God and what Christmas means. And I I want us today, if you've got your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we're going to be reading from the Christmas story today. But um, before we do uh, look at at, at really what God has given me uh, for tonight as we go into this series, I want us to pray and pray. I want to ask you just to bow your heads for just a few moments, and I know this is going to feel a little awkward, um, but I really like for us just to spend a, a couple seconds in, in silence. And I would like for you right there at your seat, in this silence. To say, Jesus, as, as I walk through this next few weeks, I pray that this Christmas season would become alive to me.
Jesus, I thank you, Father, for the celebration of Christmas and what it means to us. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunity each year for us to pause and celebrate uh, the wonderful things that we love about Christmas. But, Father, also the opportunity for us to center ourselves into what this is really all about. And, Father, I pray that you would help us to get our life in sync to the true meaning of Christmas. That, God, as we gather with family, as we walk through the craziness of shopping and all the things of preparation for these great meals that we're going to face, I pray that, God, you would just be in the center of everything that we do, God. We thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. I want to start by asking you this question tonight. Um, If you want to write this down, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Are you living a rhythm of life that restores God's wonder in you? Are you living the rhythm of your life? Are you doing it in such a way that it restores and continually restores God's God wonder in you. You know, that's a simple question, and I know it's easy to say yes, but this or that. No, it's, I want you to just answer that yes or no. You know, there are a lot of things that I love about Christmas, and I, I think the, the, um, the wonder of who God is and how special the Christmas story is and you know, there's probably not a person here tonight that has not heard the Christmas story. So the challenge is that as we read through the Christmas story in this series is going to be most of us have become desensitized to it and it, we just kind of know how it goes. And, um, you know, the power of the story is, is that when you allow God to speak through you through the details There's so many different messages of what God can speak to us this Christmas. And one of the things that, you know, you you talk about really the rhythm of our life. And uh, as we're going in these next few weeks of Christmas, there's so many things that I love about Christmas. Like, think about um, how many of you love, love the food during Christmas? Like, I'm those, those of you that know me know I love candy. I don't have a sweet tooth. I have like sweet teeth. I love candy, and Christmas is a great opportunity and a great excuse to get to eat all the candy I want. Because I'm like, my wife's like, what are you eating so much candy for? It's Christmas. I I love the presents. How many of y'all love to get gifts? Some of y'all are like, well, y'all like to get gifts. Come on, y'all get upset if you don't get a gift. Um, I I love the decorations, putting up the tree. All that stuff is so special. You know, one of the things that I love also is getting to watch Christmas movies. I mean, think about some of your favorite Christmas movies. Like, man, all of us love the classics. Like, the it's you know, it's a Wonderful Life. I think that's one of the I mean most classic ones. What about the Grinch? That's a good one. Um, You've got the the animated version one, and then you also have Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's version, and I think they're both good. What about the Elf? I love the Elf. Um, Home Alone is a blast. Um, Christmas Vacation. 
I think it's one of the funniest, like, movies of all time. Like, you can't have Christmas unless you watch Christmas Vacation, you know? Um, But you think about, you know, one of the the classics is Christmas Story. And uh, I don't know if, you know, you remember the storyline in in the uh, Christmas Story, but uh, basically it seems when you watch it, it's like every single adult in the movie is negative, pessimistic, cynical, and they're almost like they're mean, they're, they don't have any kind of Christmas wonder. But you look at the kids in the movie, and they're all wide-eyed, super excited, full of anticipation, full of hope. Man, they are excited about Christmas. They're just so full of hope. And I, I love when you start to talk about Christmas. I, I love the fact you, you, you guys saw the video we showed just a few moments ago about kids and Christmas. And, and kids... Um, like, when you get around a kid, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me because, um, you know, kids have mastered the art of living in the here and now. Like, kids are focused in the moment. They're not thinking about the past. They're, they're, they're just focused in the moment. And they understand, like, you know, you watch kids. They're, they're just this anticipation. They're excited about Christmas. They're excited about life. Like, watch a kid open a present. Like, kids get excited. Like, it's torture to watch some adults open gifts, right? Like, it takes them 15 minutes. How many of y'all got those relatives? They're going to save the wrapping paper, so you, and, and like, you got to watch them, and it takes 15 minutes for them to open their gift. Like, little kids grab it, and they're, like, yanking the paper off. They're excited. And I... I I love the fact that when you start thinking about kids and how they see life, is that they see life and they see every day of their life as a gift. And my prayer is, is that you look at your life as a gift, that you embrace it. You know, it's so easy. And I'm going to talk to you tonight at just a few, for just a few moments about hope. Because I believe at the root of a lot of our lives, the reason we don't have anticipation for our life, the reason we don't have this wonder in our life, is we lost hope. It just kind of got numb to life. Life has just happened. And we don't see life as a, as a gift. You know, you look at, at the first Christmas, it, it wasn't a gift because it was perfect. And your life is not perfect. And it's very easy to just kind of go along life and just kind of get numb. And yeah, Christmas is going to kind of blow through here and go through. We're going to go through it, open gifts. And then December 26th is going to come around and it's just going to be there. And you're just kind of like, you don't have any type of hope for it getting better. Um, Let me ask you this question. How many of you here are parents? Raise your hand. Not a trick question. These are, raise your hand. Come on, let me see them. These are all the people that need to be honored here today, right? We need to celebrate y'all. What about parents of three, two or three kids? Like, are, okay, three kids, raise your hand. You got three kids at home. These are the people that need medical treatment right now. <laughs> like, think about how it changed in your life. The first, when you had the first child, like, have y'all seen people that, like, they have one child, the, the baby, and it's their first child? It's like they're the bodyguards of a celebrity. 
Like they celebrate every little burp. They celebrate every little sound that comes out. Like they blow up at the emergency room because the, the nurse is not wanting to put their kid, like, like get them some kind of painkiller. And you're like, it's just a blister. Parents of, of kids that just have one kid, like, man, they are intense. But you let parents, after they move on from one, two, three, they just kind of get numb, don't they? <laughs> You're like, you know, you can be staying at a hotel and your kid's up on the fifth floor. Somebody's like, hey, is that your, your kid out there on the balcony on the rail? Is she all right? Yeah, she's out walking on the rail. Well, she's a gymnast. <laughs> your attitude is like, well, you know, if you hurt, it's going to hurt. If you fall, you're gonna, it's going to hurt. And, and, and what happens is, like, you get the third child, and, and it doesn't matter if they burn themselves, they fall from four stories high. You're like, it's all right. They won't do that again. <laughs> yeah. And we're just kind of numb. And somewhere, and I, I, I know we can laugh about that, but when you think about your life, are you kind of just numb because life has just happened? And, man, um, you're walking through this season right now, and you're looking at your life, and you're, you're going, man, there's just not a whole lot of hope going on, not a whole lot of anticipation in my life. We're just kind of going through the motions. And hope is a powerful thing when you, when you look at it in your life. You know, St. Augustine said this, there are two things that will kill the soul. There are despair and false hope. Um, you know, when you, you talk about hope and anticipation for life, really there are two different types of hope when you look at it. There are hope when we hope in something or we hope in someone. And a lot of us, um, this Christmas, when you look at your life, um, you're hoping in, in some things to somehow restore the wonder in your life, to somehow make it a great Christmas. And um, I, I, would, I would say this to you, that if your hope is in in, in in a thing or in a circumstance or in a situation, there's, it's always going to fall apart. There's always going to be something that's going to happen that is not going to be perfect. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, this whole uh, idea of hope and, and what it does to us and this expectation and the, the, um, the false hope that a lot of us have. I think that Part of it is, is it's not that we don't have hope. I think that a lot of us have a false hope, and, and our false hope is not based in a person. It's based in a circumstance, and um, your false hope is possibly maybe that you're hoping that um, you're going to get a bonus this year. You're hoping and praying that you're going to get a bonus, or, or you're hoping that she, you know, he, he's going to ask you to, to, to marry, uh, to get married, um, for some of you, maybe it's you're hoping that your family's going to get along. Your family hadn't gotten along during Christmas in the last 37 years, but you're hoping that they're going to get along this year. And again, again, it's so easy to, to dive into this Christmas season and, and, and hope in the wrong things. 
And when you step back and you look at the anticipation and the hope and looking at, man, you look at a child and they have such an, uh, 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 um, a heart to believe that this day is a gift and each day is special. And I don't know about you, but I look at that and I, I look at God's word and I begin to, to see that, you know, what, what has to happen is I have to have a hope in my life. And any time that you base your hope in your life on circumstances, it's always going to disappoint you because life happens. Some of you here right now are walking through some of the darkest days of your life, and it's very difficult for you to say, I have hope. And the scripture that I, that I want us to look, we, I want us to look at Mary a little bit today because I, I believe that her circumstances teaches us some principles of hope today. Um, Luke 1 verse 26, it says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Mary gets, I, I don't know if you notice this in verse 29, is, is Mary was greatly troubled at his words. She's shocked. Um, her reaction is, is normal for the average person. She's shocked, she's surprised, she can't believe this is happening to her. She gets this news of what's happening, and, and you know, a lot of us today find ourselves in a situation, in a circumstance in our life that the news that we've received, what we're walking through, it shocks us. It has blown us away. Verse 30, it says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he... And will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And notice verse 34. It says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. In other words, what she's saying to this angel, Mary is saying, this is great. But it's not the plan. This sounds really nice, but you know, Mr. Angel, we got our own plans. Part of our plan is that, you know, Joseph and I one day, we, we want to get married. And um, uh, Joseph, he's a carpenter, and he's going to start his own business. And we're going to try to save up a little bit of money. But we want to take some, do some fun stuff before we have kids. Like we want to go camp at the Dead Sea. We, we want to, like, we're going to do a bunch of stuff. We're not plan. It's not in the plan to have a baby. And she says a, a powerful statement there that I believe that a lot of us are saying today is how can this be God? What are you going through in life right now that you're saying the same thing Mary said? Is God, how can this be? You know, um, 
I think one of the most powerful things you can do this Christmas to restore hope in your life is this Christmas, be honest with where you're at. It's kind of painful, right? To be real honest with where we're at. And isn't it true that we go through great extremes to cover up where we're at? But I think the beginning of restoring the wonder and the hope in your life is you got to be honest. A lot of us, because we're not willing to be honest, uh, it's turned into anger. It's turned into bitterness. And, man, I mean, there's just so many things that are going on. And it's just, isn't it hard to be honest about where we're at? And we're wondering, we're puzzling why in the world this has happened. Like, I found this video that I wanted to show you just kind of um, um, to illustrate how we cover up stuff. And we don't really like to admit what just happened. We're going to show you this video, I think, right real quick. You got to see it again real carefully. You know this guy's not a married guy. I thought that was hilarious. Y'all may not think it's hilarious, but <laughs> this guy's on the treadmill, and you know, he's not married because married people shouldn't do that, right? <laughs> he, he, he's this single guy. He turns around, and he's looking at this girl, and he falls off, and then he acts like he's doing push-ups. I thought it was funny, but anyways. <laughs> do you know that a lot of us are not willing to be honest, and we, we, we cover up stuff? Some of us... Man, what's going on in your family is it's, it's a nightmare. And, and you're dreading being around your family this Christmas. Studies show that this is one of the most depressing times of the year. People get depressed, and, and we're kind of walking through denial, and we get our expectations so high, we think that it's all going to be perfect, and you know you're going to dis- be disappointed because studies show that, that in every family there's one crazy dysfunctional person. And if you're sitting around the table the, December 25th and you look around the table and you're like, man, there's nobody in my family like that. It's probably you. <laughs> you're the one. But you know what? We have crazy families. I... I know that there are people here tonight that, man, you, you're going through something you never imagined and never dreamed. How would it be if you were to embrace what you're walking through right now and just be honest about what's going on? You know, the Bible says in Psalms 34, it's not going to be on the, script, on the screen, but you can look this up later. But Psalms 34, verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. God is close to you. But you have to get to a place that you're willing to be honest about where you're at in life and what's really going on. And this is what Mary is doing. She's like, I've got plans. How can this be? I love this question that she asked God. She says, God, I, I don't understand. You know, some of us tonight, we're here and you're saying, how can this be, God? I'm 46 years old and I have cancer. God, how can this be? I'm losing my job at 53. God, how can this be? I'm plan- I did not plan on being single at 34. 
God, how can this be? I didn't plan on my kids going haywire at the age of 16. God, how can this be? See, you see this, there's this moment in all of our life when we're willing to be authentic and get to a place that we're honest about where we're at. It is at this pivotal moment in your brokenness, in your frailty, where you see your life as fragile, that I believe it's when you begin to really see your Savior. It's where at this moment where you begin to see the Bible as more than just a collection of stories that you begin to see in your frailty and, and when you understand how fragile and the condition of your life where you begin to see the, the Bible as, as something personal for your life. It is in those pivotal moments where you get to a place that you're honest about your family and honest about whatever it is that's going on in your life that God goes from being some cosmic being out in the, in the stars to your heavenly Father that is with you It's in those crucial moments of life where we're honest about our brokenness and our addictions and all the stuff that goes on in our life that we say, God, this Christmas, I need you more than ever. God, this Christmas, I don't understand. How can this be that I'm still struggling with the same junk I've always struggled with? See, there's this undeniable relationship in your life between busted plans and God filling your life full of hope when you're willing to be honest and be willing to come before God and say, God, I don't understand why is this going on. In verse 35, it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will, will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I love, that is, that is an incredibly powerful, hope-filled statement right there. It says, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said, Then the angel left her. So what Mary does is Mary goes from this place of how can this be to let this be. She says, this is not what I dreamed. This is not what I planned. This is not what I expected that we would be going through. But God, let it be. I will embrace this moment and I will walk through this because I know that you're with me. She goes from this moment of God, how can this be to let this be? And when she utters those words, these very simple words of God, let it be, God ushers into her life this season of incredible hope. You read it in the scripture in verse 46. You see this hunger for hope in her life as she begins to speak out this incredible faith. And if you want to write this down, I pray that this Christmas you are hungry for hope. She says, and Mary, and the Bible says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of of his servant. These are words of praise that a person that is in a place in their life where they understand and have this kind of relationship with God that they just go, 
God, let it be. God, I trust you. Let it be. I'll walk through this. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. So she's talking about Jesus coming to this earth. And listen to, I mean, she's talking about hope for the hopeless here. It says, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. I I love this. Um, You see the power in her hunger for hope and even in the words that she begins to speak. Do you know that that I, I believe that, do you know that every word that you speak it, it, boasts, it boosts someone's hope. You see the faith-filled, um, I, I think that even the, the, the reverse is that, that the words that you speak can also do very little to increase somebody's hope. And you know, I, I believe that if when you get to a place that you're honest about what you're going through in your life and you begin to become hungry for hope and you get in God's word and you begin to see that God is our soul's source of hope. It does something amazing in our life. See, hope is is a constant expectation that God is working even if I can't sense it. Let me say that again. Hope is a constant expectation that God is working even if I can't sense it. See, when I have hope in my life and I'm walking through hope, there is this expectation in my life that something great is going to come out of all of this. You know, um, I, I've, I've started, you know, t- going back to what I asked you at, when I first started tonight about the rhythm of your life. And, you know, I believe that over these next few weeks, if you'll begin to be aware and really stop long enough to think about what you see and what you experience and you see the truth of, of the lights. And, and again, there's so many beautiful things that during this season and one of the things that, that I love to do is, is whenever I see a manger scene, I love to, to, to do this in my own life is that when I see that, and I hope that you'll do this this Christmas season, that every time, and some of you have got two or three in your house, that you walk by a manger scene, a nativity scene, and you look at it and you say, God, let it be. God, let it be. God, I don't understand why why we're going through what we're going through, but God, let it be. We will embrace this, and we will walk in hope. God, we trust you. See, you don't need perfect circumstances tonight to have hope. Your hope is in God. I want to pray with you tonight, and I pray that as, as you walk through these next few weeks and as imperfect as your life is going to be. And again, I can only imagine what some of you are walking through. That for an outsider looking into your life, looking through the window of your life, 
it's very easy for people to say there's no way those people have hope because they're basing it on you having hope and the circumstances that are going on in your life. And I just want to encourage you to not base your hope in circumstances, but base your hope in your Savior, Jesus Christ. And trust Him enough to say, God, let it be. We will embrace this season and we will walk through it with your strength. Would you bow your heads tonight as we pray? Father, I thank you, God, for every person here tonight, God. God, I I specifically lift up those that are here tonight that are walking through some of the most hopeless moments, some of the darkest seasons of their life. And God, I know that it's going to take more than my words tonight to give them hope. God, I pray that you would speak into their life just like you spoke into Mary. God, that the words that she heard gave her the confidence to embrace, to go her life and what she was walking through to go from, God, how can this be? To God, let it be. God, I will walk through this with your strength. Father, I thank you that you came to this earth. You were born in a dirty stable. It was so imperfect with animals, with people that the world did not value. I thank you, God, that in those moments, God, that we see clearly that you are a God that deeply cares about our lives. Father, we thank you for this, God. I pray that you would walk, God, walk through the season with us, God, as we embrace God celebrating your birth. May we see those small, imperfect moments, God, as hope in our life, that, God, you are present even in the moments that you seem like you're not there. We thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.